This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. And welcome back to the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. A week ago today, we all learned of the passing of Dick Butkus, who was 80 years old. I was in my first year doing Chicago radio in 85. It was a goddamn good time to be a rookie on the Bears flagship, WGN Radio. The station wasn't real cool, but the 85 Bears were, and Dick Butkus was the analyst for those teams. I joked with Tom Thayer last week, Butkus used to get paid by the grunt. Uh, And Jim McMahon, the legendary Bears quarterback, was among the former Bears first to get out on social media to comment on uh, on Dick Butkus and his life. And Jimmy Mack, I couldn't help but think when I saw your tweet, got to be good to get you on the show. And here we are a week later. Thanks for the time. Did you get to know Butkus a little bit through the years? Yeah, I got to know Dick quite a bit uh, over the years, and uh, he's another one I would like to play with. I mean, he played the game the way it's supposed to be played. He was a tough, hard-nosed player, and a good guy to be around as well. I don't remember the best part of his career. He was kind of a mascot in pads, really, when, when I got to him. I was born in 61, but you could tell from NFL Films video just how, how tough he was. Who was who the toughest guy? On your or your mid eighties Bears, just not necessarily the best player, but who was the toughest son of a bitch on those teams? Uh, I tell you what, I, McMichael is, always comes to mind. I mean, he was he came to he came to work every day, and uh, he gave it he gave it his all every day, and uh, he he definitely made our guys better by by putting them through the ringer every day. McMichael was the guy I thought of as well. He he scared the hell out of me. It took me a good couple of years before I had the courage to stick a microphone in front of him. And and when we see him now, it's just a, a reminder. God, Father Time is unbeaten. And uh, I know you've been battling some health issues too. Uh, you mentioned briefly before we got started here, you haven't been able to golf much. What's up with your health? Because Bears fans often ask me, what's going on with Jim McMahon? Well, I've been dealing with two years with this foot. Uh, I had a simple surgery two years ago. Uh, I played on a broken ankle for years. They kept telling me it wasn't broke. And uh, I got to the point I couldn't walk. So I got it fixed. And uh, four or five days after the first surgery, my foot exploded from an infection. Had to have two more emergency surgeries. Uh, They were talking about cutting my leg off. They saved the leg, but it's still not working. it hasn't moved for two years, so it's been it's been pretty rough. Uh, hopefully, we'll get this thing straightened out so I can get back on the course. That sounds brutal. How uh, how are you dealing with not being able to watch do what you want to do emotionally? Yeah, it's it's frustrating as hell, uh, especially when you just got to get up to go to the restroom. You got to get on your scooter or a crutch. Uh, sometimes I forget and stand on my foot and 
then I go down. So it's, uh, yeah, it's been very frustrating. Uh, like I said, it was the easiest surgery I've ever had and it turned out to be the worst thing I've ever done. So, uh, hopefully this thing will straighten up here soon. I want to talk with you about these bears who have breathed some life back into their season after last week's win against uh, the Washington commanders. God, I still have to stop and think about who they are. They're, they're always the Redskins to me, but they beat Rivera's commanders last week and hang on to do so. And suddenly most of Chicago is back on the Justin Fields bandwagon. Uh, a lot of people here just really forgetting all about the first four games of the season and all of the shit they said about the quarterback leading up to that game. Has he made a believer of you or do you need to see more? Oh, I haven't seen anything. I don't watch anymore. I don't really care. <laughs> I've been out 27 years now. So it's uh football is the last thing on my mind. I don't, uh, don't really watch. I don't. I don't watch it at all. I mean, I'll, I'll check scores every now and then to see how my friends are doing that are still coaching. But uh, yeah, I just can't sit and watch it. I love playing the game, but I'm not a fan of it. I'm not too surprised to hear that. Um, you never did really enjoy talking much about football over the years. Times I've had good conversations. You would talk golf or hockey or things we don't have to mention here, but. Was it was it just your aptitude for it that that put you in that position that that would be what you do professionally, not necessarily love? What was your first love? What would you have preferred to do? I would have rather played baseball. That was my always my first love. That's what I wanted to do. Um, I was drafted out of high school, but my dad said, "No, you're going to college." And uh, so that's how it ended up. You know, I wanted to play baseball in college as well, which I did. I played my freshman year, uh, about eight games. But I couldn't get out of spring football practice. So I'd have to play a game of a doubleheader and then run down this big hill, change uniforms, go to football practice. And throwing the ball from the outfield is a lot different than throwing it from the pocket. So I was having some arm problems then, and, and I had to make a decision. And since football was my scholarship, I just decided to stick with that. While the foot is the issue now, how, how is your shoulder? I imagine you've had a few shoulder procedures over the years. Am I right? Oh, yeah, I've had this shoulder. I, last time I had it done was probably, oh, 10 years ago, 11 years ago. Uh, had a bunch of bone spurs taken out. It's starting to bother me again. So I definitely probably need a uh, shoulder replacement. But after this last surgery, I don't want to have to deal with any more operating rooms. Let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about... Uh, family life. I, I had the chance to meet your son, Sean, a few years ago. That SOB can hit a golf ball about 330 yards. And I mean, it's, it's consistent and he, he hits it on the fairway. And it's, it's kind of funny that he, he remembers his dad, the celebrity, but remembers so little about your career. And with you not being the biggest football fan, I imagine he's had to pull sentences out of your mouth to talk about what it was like to be a part of that 85 team in those, that era. Well, he was only, uh, Sean was born in 84, so uh, December of 84. So he doesn't remember most of my kids, in fact, all of my kids are Packer fans because that's all they remember is, is me with Green Bay. Um, Sean was only a year old. My daughter was a year and a half. The other two weren't even born yet. So all they remember is the Packer days. And, uh, but yeah, he's, he's definitely a hell of a golfer. He, he works for Wilson golf. Um, and, uh, actually my youngest son is working there as well. 
in the golf division. So, uh, yeah, they, they can play. And uh, I look forward to I'm taking them over one of these days to get over to Ireland and Scotland to play those courses with my sons and uh, try to make some memories there. I, I was shocked. He, uh, he said no thanks when I passed him a joint. He, he's not a smoker. It's like I thought the bud doesn't fall far from the seed, as I like to say about my millennial sons, but not with Sean. He's not like daddy. No, no, my sons are not like the dad. They're uh, actually they're good kids, and they're they're uh, they're both parents now. So uh, actually, all my kids have kids themselves. I've got six grandkids. So uh, yeah, they're they turned out to be pretty good. And you could turn out to be pretty good uh, as a weed smoker too. And uh, I think you uh, you became a card carrying member of the club in '73. Uh, if I remember, uh, right. It's been a few years since we talked about that. I'm a class of 77, uh, Gongist. What, uh, what are you doing right now with cannabis in Illinois and, uh, and how cool is it to, to arrive at this era when it's not only been decriminalized, it's recreational legal in many States. Well, I'm glad I got to, I got a call from Kyle Turley, another ex ball player a couple years ago. Uh, he had this idea of starting this company with the uh with the idea that you know we we want to help people you know we want to get them off the opioids we got you know this that's why he named it revenant after the movie uh you know it 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 actually saved our lives got us off the opioids you know these the things that actually are addictive and kill you whereas cannabis has never killed anybody you know we have a cannabinoid system every living thing does in their bodies Uh, we're supposed to be using this plant uh, you know, it's been demonized for so many years and, and lied about, you know, our government because they can't patent it, can't make money on it. So, uh, you know, they try to demonize it and, and criminalize it. So now people are starting to wake up and realize, hey, the government does lie to us about pretty much everything. And uh, this plant is it's not a it's not a drug. It's a medicinal herb. It's only drugs when man puts his hands on it and starts putting chemicals in it. You know, and, and, and that's that's how you get addicted. Uh, you'd never be addicted to cocaine if you just ate coca leaves. It's all the damn chemicals that they put in it. So, yeah, this is something that, uh, you know, people are opening their eyes to, uh, especially the older, the older population. You know, they're, they're tired of the, all the pills that they've taken all these years, and, they, and they're, they're a big part of our, uh, our boom right now is in, in the industry is, is the older people. Gummies have never worked for me. Edibles don't work for me. I don't know if you've, but if you're a regular smoker, it, it's it's hard to dose. I either don't get the plane in the air, or I'm on the couch for eight hours and not functional. Have you found a middle ground? Well, the gummies, uh, you know, they're getting a lot better. The early the early gummies, you know, they would just sit in a vat, and a lot of them would collect all the THC. Some wouldn't collect any. They figured it out now to keep the vat moving, to keep everything, you know, everything is uh, more, uh, how do you say, uh, in tune with <laughs> with what it says on the package. Uh, you know, the gummies, to me, too, it takes takes quite a bit. I, I had a, actually had two gummies uh, the other night. They were 100 milligrams a piece. I had two for dinner. I was able to drive home. I mean, it wasn't that, a, it doesn't affect me that much. It helps me sleep more than anything. But, um, yeah, I'd, I'd much rather smoke it. 
Birds of a feather. Uh, Jim, would you be more interested in the Bears and watching the NFL today if the game didn't leave you with such a bad taste in your mouth the way it was run administratively, particularly with the team that drafted you? Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, hell, I, I had a great time in my career. I got to play 15 years, seven different teams, played with a lot of great players, had a lot of good coaches. I uh, had a good time, but, uh, yeah, I just, I'm just not, you know, when it's over, it's over. It's not something I, you know, I, I want to hang on to. I had, I enjoyed my career. I was, uh, had great success and, uh, you know, there's a lot more life after football. You know, you're only going to play 10, 12 years if you're lucky. And I was able to play 15 and, and now, you know, I, like I said, I've been out 27. I still hopefully got a few more years left. So, uh, I'm enjoying life and, um, uh, I'm just, I just want my kids to you know, grow up happy and healthy and my grandkids as well. Some guys don't know what to do after the crowd stops cheering. Um, I'm glad you got on with it. Um, I'm glad you're, you're happy without it. But I, I just can't help but wonder if some of the experiences being with Team McCaskey and what, what you guys did in particular, um, being asked to take shots to suit up, uh, and we talk about opioids and you think about the hideous nature of the CBA all these years. They, they pass out Vicodin like breath mints in the locker room. Yet if a guy tests hot for weed, he's in trouble. Finally, these things are changing. I just can't help but think that the Bears have a lot to do with not just you, but with with several guys from that era who who just don't have it in them to say, yeah, go Bears. They just they just not cut that, cut that way anymore. Well, I think there was a lot of bad blood, you know, with uh, with our our owners at the time. You know, they, they'd they always say, well, well, prove to us that you're worth your money. So we go out and win, and, and then guys want to want to raise, and they don't want to give it to them. So I don't know what what the uh, what their thinking is. I, I just remember the one meeting I had with Mike McCaskey. Uh, it was early on when he first got there, and uh, he told me that they don't really care if they win every year. You know, they, as long as their stands are full, they're happy. And, you know, that's not something you want to say to a player because we only have so many years to play. And we want to be able to win. And, uh, you know, I think we could have won a lot more had we had the, uh, the help from the front office. What in particular could they have done differently? Well, paid the guys <laughs> – Paid the guys that uh, that we needed. You know, we had we had Todd Bell and Al Harris sit out in 1985, and they, right. they were two of our crucial players on defense. And and uh, unfortunately, they didn't get a ring. Uh, they were able to come back and play for us the, the following year. But uh, it's it's tough when you you have that kind of animosity towards towards owners, and then have to come in and, and uh, try to play your best with your teammates. The evil soldier for Team McCaskey, I always felt, has been Ted Phillips. And it's my understanding his fingerprints fingerprints are still on every big decision that's made. I'm hoping that's wrong. Because I, I've never met a, met a guy who doesn't make me want to count every finger after a handshake more than Ted Phillips. Well, I didn't have to deal with him a whole lot. Uh, back then it was Jerry Benici and Jim Finks. Uh, I think Ted was there a couple of years, my last year or two there. So I don't know. I don't really know him all that well and, and, and how he operates. So, yeah, I'm just I'm, I'm glad I'm, I'm out of that rat race.
Yeah. Uh, last thing I want to ask you about. When I have younger producers over the years who don't remember your group, but were, were kids with Jordan posters on the walls in the 90s, they say, how in the world could the 85 Bears have been bigger than this? And my response always has been genuine, and I believe it's the truth. It's that you guys were a part of Chicago. You you were accessible. You went out. You 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 did radio shows. You made yourself available to the fans, and you were the Rolling Stones in shoulder pads. I don't think that's exaggerating it. Were the Bulls to a very large degree, uh, and bless him for getting there. But Jordan wanted to be a global star. Jordan didn't care how big he was in Chicago. He wanted the world. Is that accurate? Well, he achieved it. <laughs> well, you know, Chicago's always been a bear town. You know, it was great for the Bulls to win those six championships, and everybody was excited. But they'd much rather see the Bears win on Sunday than than the Bulls win a championship. I think. I'm Dan McNeil, and you're listening to the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe if you've not done so already. You can do it anywhere you get your podcast, and tell a friend. The Macker isn't done sharing his deep sports thoughts with you. You can find me twice a week, typically on Monday late mornings we drop, and then again later in the week on Thursday. I'm Dan McNeil, and I am not finished saying things about stuff. So it's 200 milligrams for dinner for the punky QB, Jim McMahon. Uh, Thank you, Randy Merkin, for getting us hooked up with the former Chicago Bear, who sometimes enjoys what he sees on on Sunday. Maybe it was during the Mitch Trubisky era when there was a little playoff pop when I I saw McMahon interviewed enthusiastic about the Bears' current team. But it's, it's faded these last couple of years, obviously. Uh, as it would when you can't get out of bed in the morning without wheeling your way to the bathroom. I want to remind you to get extra value this football season with Bet Rivers Squares. Win up to $10,000 in bonus money. Bet $10 in same-game parlays with the squares icon to earn a square. The Bears are getting points at Soldier Field against the Vikings Sunday. And if you know the Minnesota story, you know it's been one of despair this season. They thought they could live without Dalvin Cook, and I don't know how much of a difference he would have made on this 1-4 and Minnesota outfit, but it's been an awful start for the Purple. They are nonetheless favored um, against the Bears this coming Sunday. I've seen three, three and a half. It's been toggling between those numbers most of the week it's been a long time since the bears have beaten a divisional opponent is it this weekend i think there's a real good chance of it hey man i'm not telling what you to do with your money but i'm keeping mine in my pocket on this one i don't trust either of these teams i do trust there to be points 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 but i don't trust it enough I, I I can't I can't do it in this game. I'm I'm not going anywhere near it, to be totally honest with you. I will have some plays, and as always, I will put them on Twitter on Sunday morning. I had a very light uh, investing weekend this past weekend, and I want to encourage you too to take a look at some of the prop bets on Bet Rivers site, or if you want to say the app. Um there are some really attractive bets 
with the NHL season that is just underway. Connor Bedard should be favored by more than he is to win the Calder Trophy, which is given annually to the NHL's best rookie. He is minus 167. That's a steal. The next guy's 10 to 1. And I don't even know who the next guy is. He's probably played one NHL game. Some teams haven't even skated yet. We're early in this campaign. But Bedard looks like the shit, man. I mean, he looks terrific. Tremendous hands. Plays at a very high speed. Great feel for the game. Put your money on that and enjoy your NFL weekend. I want to thank Adam Delavid, who is Baby Capone for Bet Rivers Podcast Network. My producer is Sam Michael. Randy Merkin takes care of all of our guests, Alex Pastor and Troy Mocker. Take care of research, development, and social media. Have a great Sunday afternoon and enjoy the sixth week of this here National Football League season. My name is Dan McNeil. Thanks for listening to the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. 